And now for episode four, A New Hope, where Tim will answer the questions first. And it will be awesome. Yes. 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 And I'm hoping to call episode five, Bonnie Strikes Back. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. So again, we are we are just plowing through some questions, doing these as separate episodes instead of one big one. Uh, I'm interested in your feedback about this, and so we'd love to hear what you think. All right, Bonnie. Okay, here we go. This is from Chris. Nice. Chris says, Chris also left you his cell phone number if you want to call Chris. So well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, um, you tell Chris he's awesome. Don't read any I of won't. the personal I stuff. I won't. I won't. Okay. I won't. Okay. okay. I have a couple of topics that I hope are easy <laughs> for you. And the phone number is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I have a couple of topics. You could call Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a couple of topics that I hope are easy for you to refer me to links or other resources for the answers that you see as the most accurate of your time in bib- of biblical and cultural studies. I've been countering topics in a lot of conversations recently. I don't want to take too much of your time, but here they are. Number one. What is your view on tithing? Its purpose for the tither and its appropriate uses for the church that you give it to? How does the purpose of tithing to the church today differ from Old Testament time period to the time of Jesus and someone like me who is going to and giving to a quote mega church? Well, okay, stop there. If there's a different, if if there's a different question, we'll hold that off. Let's stop there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think this maybe we can be short on this. All right, Bonnie, why don't you start? (laughs) um what i think because these are are such heavy questions okay and here this is such a cheap shot but my best understanding of tithing is connected to a sermon you gave like 15 years ago at rock harbor (laughs) 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 and the sermon was all about uh generosity it's god doesn't Uh, really need our money god wants us to share in our journey with him and to be generous with him because he is the giver. And so the illustration you gave was when you would sit with Nate on the couch and Nate had a bowl was that of the popcorn? popcorn to oh. this day. And Nate had a bowl of popcorn and you would ask Nate, can I have some popcorn? And Nate would not give you the popcorn. And you said, little does Nate know, I have popcorn coming out of my ears. And you brought out and you dumped that huge bag of popcorn on stage. <laughs> and that really shifted something for me because it took an idea of tithing of being like, I have to do this or God will be mm-hmm. mad at me mm-hmm. or I'll go to hell or whatever weird thing I thought to, Oh, God just wants me to share in this joy with him and mm-hmm. um, to share in the generosity of it. And to like what we were talking about in, I don't know, episode one of this series of a discipline of being generous And so when I can be generous with God, I can be generous to my neighbor and I can be generous. You know what I mean? So for me, that's the purpose of it. It's so much of a heart issue, not a you have to do this issue. Oh, so good. Totally. So in. So thank you. I I remember that. I actually remember that sermon. Um, So so tithing. Um, it is taught and modeled in the Old Testament. The first place it comes up, I think, is when Abraham tithes or gives 10% to uh, a, uh, the priest of Salem called Melchizedek. And that's sort of the first instance we have of sort of a, a percent number. Uh, I think it was Abraham. I, I could be wrong, as always. 
Um, but but as as Israel grew into a theocracy with the temple at its center, um, tithing was a very specific invitation or command, I would say, given to the people of Israel for several purposes. Um, there were tithes and there were offerings. Tithing was um, like, for instance, there was a um, a tithe that that represented a temple tax. Um, there, there was a, there were, you know, wave offerings and grain offerings and fellowship offerings. There was, uh, the idea that you should be gleaning, allow, allow the edges of your field to not be harvested so that poor people could come. That was a form of offering. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so the commands to be generous to God and to, um, to others were rooted in a couple of ideas. The first is that the whole earth is God's and everything in it is his right and we're just managing he's he's we're we're stewards of the resources that we've been entrusted with nothing technically is mine there's even a passage in deuteronomy i love that says and even for those of you who are wealthy who do you think gave you the ability to work right so so there's a, a deep sort of creational view that says hey this is all god's and we're stewarding it right which is what the original call was to the man and to the woman was to take it somewhere. Secondly, that Israel had been recipients of God's lavish grace and mercy. Mm. He had pulled them out of slavery. He had put them in a land filled with milk and honey and homes they did not build and and fields they did not plant, right? And so there is a deep, like, like, um, grace pays back grace, right? right? There, there's nothing you can do. You're not, or you're not paying it back per se. That's a, that's the wrong way to say it, but you're acknowledging the grace you've been given in an infinite way by, by the small grace of, of you, uh, um, kind of surrendering something that you might think is yours. Um, there was a great deal of theology that was, you know, built around like the year of Jubilee, taking the seventh day and doing no work. Like, I mean, all of that was yeah. built around the idea of justice and righteousness so that the poor would have enough and that, that God taught them in the desert with manna, you know, right. to, to lean on him daily. I mean, I mean, th- these are just mm-hmm. massive generosity lessons. When you get to the New Testament um, and when Paul begins to take the, the gospel to... Um, uh, non-Jewish people, he doesn't teach tithing. He doesn't teach that there's a percentage that you give um, as a, a Christian duty. What he what he does teach is he teaches a, a, a obligation to the poor, and mm. um, and so what Paul does is he spends a lot of time in, in several of his letters talking about a collection that he's making for the Jerusalem church. And he gives all sorts of exhortations, and and there a lot of them are rooted in the Old Testament. God has been gracious to you, right? The generosity we display is just a pale imitation of generosity God displays. Um, Jesus will talk about how much our heart is connected to our treasure, yeah. And so you can actually direct your heart's affections by changing what you treasure mm. uh, and redirecting your treasure. Jesus will actually name Mammon, kind of an Aramaic name for money, as a rival of his in terms of discipleship. But Paul never teaches tithing as a 10% sort of thing. He actually, the two phrases he uses are, as you are able and whatever you've determined in your heart to give. Yeah. Now he encourages radical generosity and the, and the church in Acts practiced that generosity. Right. Absolutely. But to the point where Luke will say there were no needy people among them. Mm. And I mean, that's how, in, 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 in that day and age, that was the boast of Caesar 
Um, and so here you have this, 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 these peasants selling off whatever they have and wealthy people selling off land and, and giving it to the poor. I mean, this was, this was unbelievably compelling economic stuff. The, so the, Paul, the point that Paul begins to make is that A, um, the d- discipleship to Jesus um, precludes discipleship to money. Um, you cannot, Jesus himself would say, you cannot serve both God and money. End of story. So, so you need to practice generosity as an act of discipleship. Right. It's not because God needs it. It's not because the church needs it. There was a great precedent in the Old Testament about how the tithes of people would support the temple. The Levites would take these tithes. The priests would eat these tithes. But in the New Testament, you don't see a ton of support for... Um, the idea of tithing uh, in support of an institution, you do see uh, hospitality and support given to ministers of the gospel. Paul encourages this, you know, very specifically because they were all itinerant back in the day. But people that want to pillage Old Testament teaching on tithing and apply it to New Testament believers, I just don't think there's a biblical precedent for doing that because Paul could have, right, and he, and he didn't. didn't do it. Nope. And, and for him, it was about the internal transformation in terms of joy, in terms of Jesus became poor for our sake, in terms of stewardship, right? So much of what Jesus talks about, I mean, have to do with stewarding things. Right. And so, so for me, um, I think being in the habit of practicing generosity is one of the most important things you can do as a Christ follower because the chief rival uh, for our affection today is consumerism. And sitting behind consumerism is the leisure and affluence, you know, of our culture that is, you know, unprecedented. Right. Um, so, so generosity is huge. Does that mean you have to give it all to the church? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If you're not giving some to the poor, I think you're missing. I think you're missing one of the clear emphases of the uh, Old Test or New Testament. Um, if your church gives to the poor. Like that's always an interesting question. If I were doing it, if I were going to do a church budget now, um, I would, I would certainly be much more generous with it than I would if I had a big building and a, um, yeah. you know, large staff or whatever to support. And so, you know, he mentions being a part of a large mega church. Um, hallelujah. I think there's a place for laying, like, like giving to leadership that isn't you, that, that you don't always have a, have to have a say where your money goes. I think there's something important about that. And if you're benefiting from the ministry, then absolutely. But to say that that's tithing, I would say, no, no, no. I, I would call that something else. And I would say um, the practice of being spontaneously generous uh, is super important too. Yeah. So like there's, I go to this McDonald's because Sethy loves, Sethy loves um, uh, mango smoothies. And so who doesn't? he and I, he, of course, he and I go enough that we, we know people now because he's, he's just a magnet for awesome. Yeah. And so we know Sandy and we know Chris and there's this, uh, another woman there who, because, because she knows us, asked me for money. And, um, she said she's been in rehab and she's been clean for 20 months and she has diabetes, you know, type one and needed to get her medication and she would, would pay me back. Now, two thoughts instantly go through my head, right? First thought is, no, you're not ever going to pay me back. And I am highly doubtful that you actually need medication from diabetes for diabetes. Um, uh, and then the other thought is, but I want to be the kind of person that actually says yes mm-hmm. when 
you know, cause she pulled me aside and asked privately and whatever. And so, um, like, I think those sorts of moments are super important. Um, and I, and, and I get all of the arguments uh, against it, but I, I, I think for my heart, just, just as important as the discipline of generosity is, there's also the spontaneity of generosity that I think is a, a big deal as well. Yeah. I had two friends that said they made a commitment. Their New Year's resolution one year was for an entire year because I lived in LA and they would come across a lot of um, homeless people. If anybody asked for money, they would always give them money. So they, uh, huh. she, he's like, so it was a discipline because I always had to carry cash. And then also nope. I always had to save cash in my, like, yeah. go, oh, I have $20. I can't spend all 20 because I know I'll probably run into someone who needs something. Um, mm. And he was like, it was such a good exercise because sometimes I was on my way to get a coffee and this guy needed the three bucks and I had to not mm. get my coffee. He's like, which is stupid, but it showed where my heart was. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 Oh, See, that's not... This is this is less about what the person's going to do with the money, right? And less about earning righteous points with God, right? This is a spiritual discipline. Yeah. This is you're opening yourself up to becoming a different kind of person. Exactly. Yep. No, that's excellent. What was the second thing? Oh, the second question was um, number. Oh no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you had two questions. Oh no, but you had two friends. Nope, that was it. Tim, you want to chime in on this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the rules on tithing and I'm following along with what you're saying. My thing was always like the way that God did interact, you know, like the, it's difficult for, or it's harder for someone to get, like the rich man to get into heaven, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't like, it's impossible for the rich man to get into heaven. And it's these ideas of these posturing and what that does, which you kind of spoke to. We used to work with a, uh, a homeless shelter in Long Beach. We worked with a few of them. And one of the things that I learned there was the intentionality of, the, he used to tell us, I always liked it too. Cause the guys that ran the shelters had come up through the shelters. So they were like, they lived on the streets mm. and then they ended up working their way up and then they ran the thing. And it was really cool to see kind of like their heart and their passion for people that had were in a place that they had come from. But his mm. big thing. And I heard this from a couple of different guys that ran shelters was that they, they would always talk about how important it was to support facilities that were dedicating all their time and resources to that cause or to that mm. thing rather than just handing money to people on the street, helping to get people right. into places where they're actually being cared for and being equipped and being like yeah. taught yeah. and given resources in that way. And so I, that was a big thing for me because I, it's all those checkbox things in church. They're like, you know, we just talked about baptism and doing a lot of these things that are yeah. just checking off boxes without, without the intentionality behind it other than just checking the boxes and tithing kind of becomes yeah, one yeah. of those things where it's like, Oh yeah, of course I give to my church. I do it every week right? because it's something that's expected of me or I think it's expected of me or it's, but the intentionality, right. once we started working with the shelters and learning like a really specific intent behind how that tithing of money and time, like when they need extra hands and that kind of stuff and yeah. and actually trying to meet the need where the need is most met. Not that you can't just trust your money going out and that God can do whatever he wants with it, but that's something that I, that yeah. was a lesson that I learned about tithing time and money that I thought was, for me, very helpful. Yes. Uh, and I would say this, I mean, the Bible talks about sacrificial giving and joyful giving and generous giving and and, and this has been so corrupted by the prosperity folks, but even, you know, just straight churches that have to pay the bills. 
um, can can add sort of religious pressure to yeah to people for their money, and and I get where there's so much distaste about it. Um, but I will say this: some of the coolest things I've ever seen God do in the most playful of ways with me have come from kind of outrageous sort of generosity things mm. that my wife and I just said, well, because we've given away some big stuff and how God has surprised us. Like I wouldn't trade those stories for anything. Like there's some of the, my, my most, like when I, when I, when I, when I am in a moment where I'm like, I don't believe, you know, I'm not sure I believe that God is real and maybe this is all just a pipe dream. It's those stories mm. that I go back to that I'm like, it's impossible. There's right. no way. There's no, no way. Maybe once coincidence, but not, but not over and again over and, and again. Over. Yeah. And so many of them involve money because that that can be an idol for me, mm-hmm. right? It's a measure of success. It's a it's comfort. It's you know I worry about Sethi and his future, and so I can very easily, um, I, I can fret way too much about it. Mm. And um, so so there is a yes, we can critique the church part of this. But man, I think I think we miss out on so much of the playfulness of God when um, you know this just becomes sort of a grinding obligation. Yeah. Um, I just I've been I've been so so surprised so surprised by this stuff. So anyway, I would just add that. But great great question, episode four in the books. Mm-hmm.